Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. And it's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel, I'm in my, one of my favorite Marvel t-shirts. Aww. That, uh, you know, it's like my Marvel t-shirt. It's got like all the Avengers on it. You know what I mean? It's got like the Avengers. Yeah. Only thing I recognize is the word Marvel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing about the shirt is that I love this shirt and I am losing a little weight so I can fit back into my favorite Marvel shirt anymore. Did you see this for the, for one of the first times? I'm not wearing a hoodie on the pocket. Oh my God. This, this is your skinny jeans shirt. Kind of a little bit. Okay. It's a little bit. But I will say this though there is some side titty that wasn't there before, like a little side titty. Manoobs. Like Manoobs. Or middies. Manoobs or middies? Middies. Yeah, right here on the side. You a little midi right there? Okay. Yeah, I got a little, like, right here on the side, I got some side, some side shit. But it'll go pretty quick. It'll go. It'll go, but for now... Van, I'm I'm happy for you. You got the arms. I didn't even realize you were purposely wearing a sweatshirt. I just thought that was your vibe. But okay, I'm happy. It always feels good when you can pull that that item of clothing out of the closet that you've been waiting to wear for a while because you haven't been able to fit into it. Good for you, Van. It happens. I have a lot of clothes that people have been sending to me, so this will happen. I have a lot of clothes that people have been been sending to me, and they say, hey, what size are you? And I give them the old size, the pre-pandemic size, because I don't want to adjust to the new normal. Good for you. Hell yeah. I'm not mad at that at all. Hey, I interviewed some Marvel people today. Just tell me who it is. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I kept calling the Winter Storm. Well, of course you did. (laughs) The Falcon and the Winter Storm. Uh, So that was Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan. So, no, I had um, Aaron and Wyatt. Who are they? No? Who are they? Okay. Wyatt is... is, Oh, Aaron uh, Aaron Kellerman, who plays the Flag Smasher. Okay. And Wyatt Russell, who plays... Um, I knew it would, it, you would get it. Yes. Uh, um, Captain, America. Yeah, Captain America. Captain America. He's a new Captain America. He'll eventually become U.S. agent. John Walker. Yeah, okay. So. Too much. Too much. Too much. Wyatt right. Russell. Did you know that I, he is Kurt Russell's son? Did you know that? I did. And Goldie Hawn's son Goldie as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. I asked he, him who wore it better. Your dad is the, uh, the commander or you as Captain America? What commander? <laughs> I'm sorry. In the movie Sky High. Oh, Sky High. I've never seen that before. You saw that shit? You watch nope. movies like that? You don't watch that type nope. of shit? Nope, nope. Uh, I've just, never saw just Sky do, High. Just do research for my interview. Good job. Hey, that's the thing. You know, I never research an interview. Do you really not? Don't tell nah. that to our guests. Why? I just get on here. We we do great interviews, but I get on here and I let the conversation flow and I get it going like a ooh-hoo daddy, yeah. What if you don't know anything about the person we're interviewing? Why would they be coming on the podcast? If Van, I know nothing about them. You're not going to know everybody, right? What if it's the guest that I suggest? I'll, I will know them. Okay, because you're Whoever all knowing. Okay, God. I, I didn't say I was all knowing. I'm just saying, give me an example of someone right now that I know nothing about. Tabitha Brown. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. But see, we, there's enough to be on there. We're not, not going to do it. You don't want to do that. You don't want to talk about that, do you? But you you don't want to talk about what you just did. <laughs> but you nah, don't know. Touche. Good point. Okay. Touche. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. 
With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it. You can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viore.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. How was your weekend, Rach? What did you do? Man, I moved. I'm, I'm in the new spot. Yeah. I guess it kind of looks like the other one well, with the doors and everything, but I'm in the new spot. I'm all settled in for the most part. I got a couple more things to do and then I need to do some construction in here and build some things out. But yeah, um, that was my whole weekend. Your whole moving. weekend. How's it yeah. feel being in a new spot? Enjoying it? So, you know, how sometimes it can feel like you're living in a hotel. I didn't feel yes. that with this place. I felt at home immediately as soon as my furniture got in. So it feels good. Copper and I have had two nights here. Right. Yeah. I have nice neighbors. Very Gone nice. walking around the neighborhood. Right, right, yeah. right. Now, speaking of neighbors. Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's the situation. Guys. I'm so glad you're gonna do this. This is actually difficult to do. Okay. So there was a epic clubhouse room on Friday night and the old higher learning clubhouse chat. Uh started with me coming in there. Talking to the people, Rachel then came in. They worshipped her for probably about an hour. After they worshipped her, some kind of way I got into a back and forth with almost the entire room on whether or not Chris Harrison should be fired. They all want to scalp Chris Harrison. They all want to cut him. You know, they they people were people. This was the most beautiful thing about it. The ladies in the Higher Learning Clubhouse room have rallied around Rachel to a degree that is just so empowered and so amazing. Shout out to yeah, everybody. It's really sweet. The so they want Chris Harrison gone. That's a separate thing. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I was giving the other side of that. Uh, but during that conversation, I ended up revealing the fact that I spoke to my neighbor that... Um, that had revealed to me that he was suffering from a couple of ailments and that he was didn't have long left on this earth. So saw the guy and I talked to him. It did not go well. All right. I will make sure that I maintain this man's uh, anonymity. But the reason why it didn't go well was because at first it was fine. I told him what he said. Uh, affected me, told him what it meant to me. Then he started telling me a little bit about his history. And in the course, I won't go through the entire thing. In the course of him telling me about his history, he began to talk about some of his dealings in the past 
with black people. I am not fucking making this up. He began to tell me about how he used to work with the LAPD and that meeting him in the twilight of his life, him meeting me in the twilight of his life, proved to him that there was more to black people because I am educated. And he dealt with a lot of uneducated black people. And he said there was a lot of people and they did a lot of bad things. And those people were black, Mexican, and Asian. And after that, he talked to me about his doctors and how some of his doctors call him a white supremacist. Made a mention of the fact that one of his doctors is married to a black lady or something like that. Apparently, these are issues that get brought up during his treatment. And it was wholly deflating. I'm not going to lie, man. It even bums me out thinking about it right now. It's like, this is kind of the thing about, and I know that you guys think that I'm bullshitting, and I wish that I was. He's not. He's not. You told uh, the story in Clubhouse. Yeah, I, I, I really wish that I was. I, I wish that I was. Why am I like a magnet for this? Or maybe, I, I don't know. It, it, I'm sitting there talking to him. And then he went on to tell me how to, you know, scam the government on your taxes and how to uh, get free food from, the, um, from Ralph's by complaining about food and then using coupons. It's just a whole bunch of shit. I'm just kind of standing there like, yo, once again, he froze me. Because I, I didn't say it to him. I was like, I can't be the only educated black man you've ever met. That's impossible. He goes, no, you are. <sighs> I should have just let this motherfucker walk down the street. It's not. You're laughing. See what I'm saying? Like, like, I like you're laughing. I'm almost laughing, laughing because it's so ridiculous. This, I, I should have just it's let this motherfucker. Just the irony in the whole situation. When you told that story last week, I mean, you were speechless. It was emotional. Um, you know, people wrote you. They reached out to you. It touched our listeners that were listening to it. All to find out the man is a white supremacist, allegedly, as he has been called by the very men that are treating him and trying to save or prolong his life. I mean, you can't help but laugh. It's not that it's funny. It's just such a wild story. You even have to keep saying, I'm not making this up because it's that ridiculous. So all I can do is laugh. Obviously, it's not. I'm not laughing at the fact that this man has death looming over him. It's just It's the craziness that this happened, the craziness that he felt comfortable enough to freely speak to another black man about his race and tell a black man how uneducated his people are. I mean, it's just wild. The audacity, the privilege of this man who I I just I think that's why I'm laughing because it's just ridiculous. And by the way, when he said and meeting you as a black man was very important for me at the end of my life. I knew it was fucked up from that point. I knew it was off the rails at that point. It's very, very depressing. I'm not even going to lie. It, it, it's just because, look, 
you know, I have the PVCs, the little funny heartbeats, and they make you think that you're not quite healthy no matter what the doctor tells you. Like, you can't get over the fact that it's happening. Your heart is having extra beats, and you're like, Jesus Christ, I hope it doesn't get bad. You don't know. They're like, hey, go run, play basketball. You're fine. It's okay. It's part of your physiology. So, you know, I see this guy, and I'm connected to him. I don't feel healthy, and he's not healthy. And we have this connection, and I'm thinking, maybe this will be something that will, you know, give me a little purpose. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to be able to go talk to this guy or... Maybe this is your purpose. And... Nah, it's the same. It's no to change purpose. his perception. It's, it's, I, I agree. I'm not you. I'm trying to help you out. Shit. I'm trying to help you out. I agree with you. That's why I'm I laughing don't at it. Change nothing. Have you seen him since? Hell no. What? And okay, Ben. Let's let's play. What are you going to do? Because it's not if it's when you see him again. You see this man all the time. When? Right. What are you going to do? Are you going to walk on by? Are you going to I don't to know, talk? man. Do you do you do I pull a Kanye on this guy who's got like months left to live? Do is it how do how do you be how are you a human being in this situation? What's the most human thing to do? Show compassion. Com- <sighs> okay. I mean, you asked. You didn't ask me what I would do. You just said what's right. the most human thing to do? And, just show know, compassion. I mean, I mean, this this man is dying, which is a sad thing. Um, I have to you know. write about this. I have to. It, the only way I'm going to be able to do this uh, is I have to write about this. I have to write about it. Okay. Um, I have to write about it. Okay. All right. All right. Are you ready for this summer, Rachel? Uh, yeah, I'm ready for this summer because I'm hoping I can are. move around in a way like I like we haven't been able to in a year. I know that's not why you're ready for the summer. Why am I ready for the summer? Because it's about to be a white boy summer. And we know you fucking with that. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) You better shut up and explain to the people why you're saying that. (laughs) A personal homie of mine, um, a guy who's come a long way. Uh, Chet is he, is he a, the homie? I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I've been knowing Chet for, for a couple years now. Chet Hanks uh, got on <laughs> Instagram and said, yo, it's about, you know what? I Don't even play what Chet Hanks said. Yeah, play. Play what Chet Hanks said. I just got this feeling, man, um, that this summer is, uh, it's about to be a white boy summer. You know, take it how you want. I'm not talking about like Trump, uh, you know, NASCAR type white. I'm talking about, you know, you know, me, um, John B., Jack Harlow. Now, look, a lot of people got mad about this. A lot of people were super pissed off. They were. A lot of people were super pissed off. He said it's going to be a white boy summer. And he made it very clear. Okay, because Chet has stuck his foot in it. Sure. Um, a couple of times in the past, you know, he was rapping. He was using the N word in the past. We actually had to talk about that on the last podcast I had. Had Chet had to have a come to Jesus moment, and then he would do the Jamaican patois, and a lot of people would like be like, yeah. "Chet, what are you doing?" This though, he was very clear in the fact that when he says it's a white boy summer, he's not talking about Trump, Tucker Carlson. He's talking about himself, Jack High, Jack Harlow, John B. I guess I'll throw Tyler Hero in there. Guys like that. 
is that type of white boy summer. And people were, people were pissed off. People were very upset that he said it was going to be a white boy summer. Does this bother you? No. Not me at all. Well, you say it doesn't bother me for other reasons as you intro this topic, you know, to our thought warriors. <laughs> that is not why. I mean, I can see why. Listen, it's obviously not the right time to be talking about a white boy anything in the in the current social climate that we're living in. Um, also, in light of what last summer was for this nation and and the the reckoning that happened and the awareness and uh, what we saw with the protest from coast to coast across this nation to then go from that to say, but now it's about to be a white boy summer, especially if people weren't watching the video and they just read the headlines and saw, oh, Chet Hanks at it again, white boy summer. I can see why people initially could be up in arms, but then you watch it and it's like, okay, whatever. Hot girl summer, white boy summer. Look. Summertime, he, fine. You know what I mean? Just, like, if he just goes on there and says it's going to be a white boy summer, then that's something you got to be like, what you mean by white boy summer? Right, it seemed like right. it seemed like every summer is a white boy summer. It seems right. like all the summers <laughs> all of seasons. years past, all, <laughs> all seasons. seasons. <laughs> it seemed like in America, it's white boy summer, <laughs> it's white boy fall, that's right. it's white boy autumn. <laughs> you can make an argument that it's white boy Kwanzaa in Did America. you say white boy fall and autumn? Is fall and autumn are the same thing? <laughs> Correct. Is that true? Yes, Fall it and is. autumn are the same thing? I don't think they are. It is. is that my, true? I'm sorry, then wh- wh- what's autumn? Autumn is like... There's all, How many seasons are there? Why would there be two names for one season, though? But, don't, no, no. How many seasons are there, Van? Well, it depends on the year, right? Because sometimes <laughs> you have a fall and an autumn. Well, then when is autumn? What is autumn? Define Why? autumn. Autumn is, okay, so fall. Okay, so fall. This is what fall is. Okay, okay. So fall is the beginning of the leaves change. And then you get, you go from fall into autumn because autumn is, it gets a little cold. Okay, autumn so is like Thanksgiving. Breaking fall news like here September. on Higher Learning. Breaking news. There are no, no longer four seasons. There are five now seasons. five. Five seasons. Five seasons. It's, it goes from, it goes fall, which is September, because it could still be kind of hot, right? During September. And then it goes wow. into autumn. I, I, and, I've i never seen October. somebody so loud and wrong. Yeah, I fucked it up. Uh, anyway. Um, autumn, uh, also known as fall. Stupid. It's one of the four temperate seasons. I'll be honest seasons. with you. I'll be honest with you. Stupid. Does spring have two names? Nope. Does summer have two names? Nope. Does winter have two names? Nope. Dumb. Dumb, dumb and confusing. So if you want to... It, dumb is that you did not know that fall and autumn were I, different. I accept, it. I accept it. I accept it. But go it. ahead. But, co- but continue. Um, uh, by the way, I think I did know. I just said, on, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, here's the deal. It's too late. So, so anyway, it's much too late. So yeah, so I don't think I have a problem with this at all. People were p- pissed off. Like he was trending for this. He was straight it's also because it's Chet Hanks, you know what Chet I mean? And Hanks. because he is notorious for these very things, it was ill-timed, right? I get I get your message, Chet, but it wasn't Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it's ill-timed. I think it's okay for him to say even even with what we're not what like what what with where we are right now that he wants it to be a white boy summer. He's talking about he wants white boys, swaggy white boys to be out there and be a thing. And why wouldn't he want to be? I I get what he was saying. I'm just saying I understand why people were like, I don't 
I think people were overreacting 100%, but I, I get the initial reaction, the uproar. It was also the messenger. If John B. had said it, like, you, you know, he was shout, shouting out, like, the yeah. type of white boy summer. It would be John B., Jack Harlow. If John B. had said it, people wouldn't have been upset. Probably true. So let's think of white boys who could have made the white boy summer remark and not gotten in trouble. So John B., mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> Maybe Jack Harlow. It's not gonna be. It's not as many as you think. Because just if Justin I, Timberlake said that, they cut his oh, ass. Oh yeah, in two. he's out. No, that no, would no. Be he bad. can't say it. If John Mayer said that, cut his ass in two. It would be bad. I don't think John Mayer could get away with it. Who well, else could? Could, could, a, could a Brad Pitt get away with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's got some. He's been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons just recently. You know, they came out that. Uh, Angelina Jolie is accusing oh, him of yeah, being abusive. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, he can't say it. He can't Probably. say it. He can't say it. I bet Tom Cruise could get away with it. Uh, you know? No. Not Tom just... Cru- not Tom, just Cru- Tom Cruise could not get away I, with I, it. I bet you Tom Cruise could get away with being mm. a part of White Boy Summer. I bet he could. You Let's know? put this out to the Thought Warriors. Just like we couldn't come up with an ism, which people yeah. correct were quick to tell me, Rachel, feminism. And I said, oh, my God. You're, wow. you're correct. You're correct. And I apologize for that. I can't think of the guys either. Give us finish your top five. Top top five. Top five white boys. Yeah. That are leading the white boy summer. That are leading the white boy summer. Look, mm-hmm. look, look. Here's the thing. I don't have no problem with the white boy summer. Okay? No problem with the white boy summer. No uh, issue with, with it. Would Tommy all. be in the white boy summer? Could he have Tommy a white boy Alter? summer? Tommy Alter? Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Tommy's in the white boy summer. Like Tommy, Tommy is probably one of the. He probably really those are probably Tommy's words. I, I Hanks, totally can see it. Chet Hanks probably hit Tommy. I'm like, damn, I I need to make a video on something, man. And Tommy was like, tell him what we're doing this summer, Chet. <laughs> it's about to be white boy summer. So tell him, Chet. Tell him what we're doing this summer. Shout white out to summer. Tommy. <laughs> um, ooh, you know what else got the internet's going crazy? What? Lil Nas X. Mm. This is an interesting one. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard. I don't know what you guys have heard. Uh, if you've been fucking hiding under a rock. Lil Nas X released his brand new music video, Montero, parentheses, Call Me By Your Name. I love parentheses. I love <laughs> it. Like just in general or just no, for this specifically? No, I love parentheses in song titles. We don't get it that much anymore. It okay. used to be. It, it, it used to be like... Uh, you know, it would be the name of a song, and then in parentheses, it'd be like what the chorus of the song really says. You remember that? No. So the name of the song, whoop, there it is, or hoot, there it is. It was hoot, and then in parentheses, there it is. There sure it is. is. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're I right. To, they used to always Who pays have attention shit. to that. Or even the Whitney Houston jo- exhale parentheses shoop shoop. Shoop. You're right. You're right. It, I love, and then we don't get parentheses as much anymore in music. <laughs> so just, who notices these things? And, and, no, I'm saying, it's like everybody is very straightforward with the titles of their songs. And it's like, I like this. But, um, so anyway. All right, uh, call me by X, your name. Call me by your name. Uh, Montero, name of the song. He uh, put out a video to this song, which the song is kind of goes. It's, it's, it's tight. It's in the style of Lil Nas X. It is I, in the style. It's, yeah. So, right. So the song kind of goes. I like Lil Nas X's music. I like Lil Nas X. In the video, lots of weird shit happens. Okay. Um, it starts off when he's in like a heavenscape type of a place. 
Uh, It looks like maybe they're in uh, Eden. You see the tree there, perhaps the tree of life. There's a serpent, whatever. He gets brought to another heaven type of place. Uh And he looks like he's cast out to hell. Right. And then he slides down the stripper pole, very long stripper pole. Uh, It looks like in the video that perhaps he has a same-sex encounter and then he is brought before the people in in heaven. Oh my and gosh, is, you're right. Right. And that is the reason why he is cast down to hell, right? Because right. he has a little he had this little situation. So he gets cast down to hell. He gets cast down to hell, slides down to hell on the stripper pole. And this is where the video got El controversial. He then uh <laughs> does a lap dance <laughs> situation for <laughs> Satan. We see Satan's down there. He grinds on Satan. He twerks on Satan. He rides on Satan. By the way, Satan looks very unimpressed this entire time. Right. There's no expression from Satan. Satan don't grab no cheeks. Mm-mm. Satan don't put his fingers nowhere they're not supposed to go. Satan, Satan looks like Satan, for all the, the talk about Satan, Satan seems like a good strip club customer because his hands didn't uh-uh. go anywhere. He Satan kept his didn't pass hand. out any money. Satan did, did not. But I'm talking about in terms of the rules, though. He definitely didn't tip Lil Nas X. No, right? he did not. I don't, th- I don't think he was fucking with Lil Nas X. Not really. He wasn't. But he, he definitely he kept his hands. Through. So you never see, anybody's ever been to a strip club, you know, when the bouncer comes through with the flashlights and you know, you're not supposed to be touching the girl. Satan was obeying the rules. I guess he obeys the strip club rules. Don't obey God's rule. Take one third of the angels with him. Now we got all of this strife. If you just obey the rules in the first place, we'd probably be all up there with six pack abs. I digress. Anyway, so, uh, and then, at the end of the video, Lil Nas X snaps Satan's neck. He grows wings. His eyes will grow, glow up. I don't know what that signifies. So two things happen, Rachel. He becomes the devil. He takes the, cr- he takes the crown off his head, puts it on his, the horns, the horns. Right. Two things happen. Number one, the video came out and people were automatically pissed off that he was down there dancing around in hell with the devil. All right. right. Secondly, after the video, there was a shoe released. A company put out a special edition shoe. Uh, that was a Lil Nas X Satan shoe. They made 666 uh, pieces or, or pairs of these shoes. Yes. And the shoes came with, apparently, a real drop of human blood inside the sole of the shoes. And uh, on the tongue is an inverted pentagram. Now. Uh, inverted cross and there's a pentagram. Inverted cross and a pentagram. Did not know about the cross. Yeah. Okay, Rach. Raised up in a religion. That's the whole hubbub. I think everybody knows that, but I have to recap it. Raised in a religious family from the ground up. Christian school girl. Very devout. Your thoughts on this? I mean, obviously this isn't something that I would endorse, right? Growing up in a Christian household, being a Christian myself. I'm not trying to do things that are representative of the devil, of things that are symbolic to represent him um, or just trying to bring in that negative energy, right? Satan represents things that are negative, that are dark, that are bad. Um, so even whether you, whether you're a Christian or not, just the representation of something evil is not something that I want to associate myself with. I think though, the more disturbing thing is I'm an adult. I do not have children. So I can look at it, watch what it is, know that I don't want any part of it and keep it moving. 
the people to me who seem to be up in arms are the people who have children, the people who have kids who have idolized Lil Nas X because of Old Town Country. Is that what it's called? Old Town Road. Wow. That was called? What's the song called? Yeah, I can't get on you. The Ottoman Fall thing. I, I can't do it for the rest okay, of the Okay, Old podcast. Town Road. That's what I'm going to yeah. go with. Uh, because of Old Town Road. Children are who took him to the level that he is. We weren't jamming that song. I can't even know. I can't even name the title of it. I'm not saying it didn't jam. I loved that. I'm not saying it didn't jam. I'm saying what took it to another level were the kids, were the children. There's even video footage of Lil Nas X going to kids' schools, surprising them, singing the songs. It was kids begging their parents to play the song in the car and turn turn up the radio. That's who took it to another level. So the fact that that is your audience and you're putting something out like this to me, seems to be more of the disturbing thing. And I get, and Lil Nas X has responded, and I think that's the other thing I have the issue with is his response. Like, I'm an adult. I'm not here to raise your children. The issue is you were doing things for children. You were capitalizing off of children. Children have catapulted you to the level of success that you have. And now you're like, I'm not, I'm not about the children. That I'm, I'm, y'all need to not have your, let your children listen to this. To me, you can't have it both ways. And I can see as a, a parent how that can be an issue. There's this thing called what's Roboblocks? Roboblocks? It's a, like a game. Yeah. Okay. So he's involved with that. Again, something that's linked to kids. So I think I'm not saying Lil Nas X can't, you know, freedom of expression can express himself in whatever way he wants. I think my thing is maybe an announcement, maybe, maybe some level of awareness. The, the fact of who your audience is and who's been tuning into this. You teased this song last summer. People, your audience has been on the edge of their seats waiting and waiting for you to release this. And then this is what you release to them. I, I guess I just feel like there should be some responsibility of the people who uh, take in your content. And he doesn't seem to care about it. So a couple of things. Number one is that most young pop stars have this moment just not as fast as Lil Nas X, right? So what I mean is... The first moment, like his rise to fame or where he is, or the devil stuff? This moment, the devil stuff moment. It's just different. So most people, most people that start off as younger stars, they do something to let you know, I'm not a kid anymore. Right? Correct. They do something to let you know, hey, I'm here. It used to be that uh, younger women, you would see them, they do like a sexy spread on FHM or Maxim or something like that. And you'd be like, okay, this person's all grown up. And you see them as a sexual being now. Like, it changes, right? Or, for example, uh, Chloe from Chloe, Haley, from, uh, from Chloe and Halle, right? Mm-hmm. You see her, Chloe Bailey. You see her right now. She is saying, hey, I know you guys have known us for a long time. We're not kids anymore. And I'm going to sh- I'm gonna embrace my sexuality to let you know that I like to do adult things or like, I like to be thought of in an adult way. And different right. people have done this throughout the entire time. I could also argue that one way, not really the same way because off the wall was before this one way that michael michael jackson did this was thriller right and and michael jackson when thriller came out caught a whole bunch of flack about thriller to the point that before thriller runs i don't know if people remember this but before thriller runs it says this video in no way right is 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 is, indicates a belief in the occult or anything like that yeah it's like just a horror themed video so I get it. I understand that Lil Nas X maybe doesn't like or want the Old Town Road, I'm a kid type of thing anymore. Remember, when Old Town Road came out, Lil Nas X wasn't really being his full true self because he was still not, I'm not going to say he wasn't being his full true self. That's the wrong way to put that. I apologize. What I would, what I would, he was being his full true self, but he, 
he was he he still hadn't uh, he still hadn't talked about his sexuality. I'm not gonna say he wasn't being his full true self. That's not true. He was being exactly who he wanted to be, but he was choosing to to not discuss certain aspects of who he is. So, um, and and so I think that in him wanting to express and embrace his real true self, there might be some things that he is going to go do that people aren't going to like. Now, having said all of that, I don't fuck around with Satan. Correct. I'm just going to be honest with you. And is it doesn't matter whether or not you share my beliefs uh, about God or whatever. Satan is basically evil's mascot, like Correct. you said. Like, it's evil's mascot. And there's, to me, there's energy that surrounds that. Mm-hmm. There's energy that go along with that. Yeah. Right? Even, and there have been past groups that I haven't really fucked with as much as other people. For, like 3-6 for Mafia? Like the 3-6 Mafia. You know what I mean? Like, like things like that. Like it, it, it just, obviously that music was amazing Southern hip-hop, but I never bought any of those records because it was always weird to me. You, 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 well, and then they changed their name, right? Like, they weren't always 3-6 Mafia, so it was like, what made you switch? Why you want to be 3-6 Mafia now? They would tear the, thug up, uh, tear the club up thugs. Wrong. They were... First of all, <laughs> don't even finish it. Don't even finish it, because you're wrong. <laughs> tear, the club, tear the club up thugs. thugs. That's what they no, were. They, no, they weren't that. They were the 3-6 Mafia, and then the tear the club up thugs were the offshoot. They, it was different. Are you sure... I'm positive. But wait, they're the same group. It's the same people. The same people. Right. Okay. Like, all it's right. The same all right. people. All right. Yeah. Like a almost like a new edition BBD type of thing. Um. Hmm. But uh. So. So. But anyway, yeah. So I. So messing around with that type of. I know people gonna say we sound so like crotchety and oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't play with shit. Boy, that's that dark energy, little Nas. It, they can talk about playing. us all they want. I'm you not playing not with that playing evil with, energy. <laughs> I'm not. I, I don't like playing with the the evil the inner evil energy. The, the Satan represents to me all of that stuff: famine, pestilence, uh, jealousy, envy, greed, all of those things that bring humanity to its knees. Those are the things that Satan represents. I don't want to party with Satan. I don't want to party with evil. And by the way, yeah. if other people do want to, Lil Wayne used to rap about that. I'm going to go to hell and take over. Okay, good. Do you. I'm Have not fun. coming to the party. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, you. Not, like, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not coming to the party. Um, so like a part of me, and, and it's, I, I, I agree with what you said, because I think Lil Nas X took it too far. Right? It's one thing if you felt like, because he he quoted this. He said, I spent my entire teenage life hating myself because of the shit y'all preached would happen to me because I was gay. He said, so I hope you are mad. You stay mad and you feel the same anger you teach us to have toward ourselves. I understand him wanting to do like the shock of it all because of what was because he was taught to basically hate himself because of who he was. He was taught to hate his being. Um, for such a long time that he wants, it's almost a rebellious act, but it, the way that he did it to me is way 
too far. And I think that's that's the problem with it all. Nobody's telling you not to not to be yourself, because when he did, you know, come out and say, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. People were applauding him. You know, they were. It's the it's the devil. It's the sliding down the pole and twerking on Satan. It's not even and, and then taken to the level with the vial of blood and the shoes, you know, you know, this just came out. Everybody was mad at Nike. Nike had nothing to do with it. Candace Owens did a whole video. Don't wear Nike. It's like, do your research before you start saying all that kind of stuff. They take these shoes, they repurpose them. These these Nike Air Max 97s or whatever. Nike's suing them now. Nike's suing that company for trademark infringement. Right. Here's the thing, though. And this is... I'm glad we talked about Candace Owens. And this is what we have to remember. It's like, it's all Satan. You know, did it's you, all Satan. Did you, did you call Candace Owens Satan? No, I'm talking about all of this stuff. Like, we don't want to... We could talk about what's overt and then what's covert. But the reality is that if you got, if you got songs and you listening to the songs and the songs about shooting up a bunch of people, the songs are about going out and having sex with a whole bunch of people... Or the, the song you are, were just playing in the background? Exactly. The song is uh, uh, something degrading, something, all, all of that. That's all, that's all the devil. I mean, that's all sin. That's yeah. all Satan. Satan yeah. smiles when when a lot of those records come on. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Ones that are talking about <laughs> killing people, hurting people. Ones that are talking about, uh, you know, sexually assaulting people. All of that stuff for entertainment. That's all. I mean, it, it it's, it's funny to watch some of these rappers, some of these rappers go at Lil Nas X, right? Mm-hmm. Go at Lil Nas X for doing what he's doing, which once again, I don't, I don't mess with the devil like that. It's funny to watch some of them go at him when they whole thing is about grabbing a chopper, shooting somebody, doing mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> that You're is, right. That is is all the same thing. That's all like when you pull that trigger. That's it's it's the it's the same thing. It's all putting forth. It's all evil. And I would say that a lot of that, some of that stuff is more destructive because it. But there's a much bigger chance that someone will be influenced to engage in that behavior than they are going to slide down a pole and torque on the devil. So, look, what I'm telling you right now is I have absolutely zero interest in playing around with evil devil type of stuff. What that was As you said that, my door started closing on its own. I know. Can we change the subject? Can we please change the subject? You you know, know I'm in a new place. I'm not quite sure about all this energy in this new place. I'm just telling you. Can we please? I know why why that was happening. But you got to look at it. That was the Holy Ghost shutting the door on the negative energy. That's what it was. It was You're the right. Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was like, I'm not, uh-uh-uh-uh. Don't make me start speaking in tongues. <laughs> I can, like, Don't make me start speaking in tongues. Like, you Do know what I mean? That was the, the Holy Ghost was like, nah, they've been talking about this for a little too long. Freak. Can't come in here. <laughs> uh-uh. Get out of here, ghost. Get out of here. I don't want no parts of it. Lil Nas X have a ball. Like, I, I love Lil Nas X. Love Lil, I love his energy. I love all of that stuff. Yeah. But love Lil Nas X. Have a ball. Have a ball. But also, come up with some of them high horses. 
and I'm and I'm not and I'm definitely not gonna get on mine. But come off some of them high horses. You're selling lust, you're selling violence, you're selling greed, you're selling idolatry, you're selling sin, right. you're selling Satan. And now, where I'm do just, you I'm, go from here? That's just, the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Where, so come off some of them high horses. Where does he come from here? Where does he go from here? What you gonna right. do next? Right. Now, oh, and by the way, I guess to let you guys know if 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 you guys are agnostic or if you're atheist and all of that stuff like that, that's cool. You don't believe in any of this stuff too. It's all just look. I don't wish any bad for anybody, but I think to, in my mind, the way my mind is, Satan is a representation of bad. So sure. I, don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't wish any bad for anybody. I don't, I'm not hoping that something bad happens to Lil Nas X now that he's done this. He got exactly what he wanted. Right. He wants to shock. He wants to shock people. He wants to shock people. Uh, okay, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Okay, in political news, uh, something big happening down there in Georgia. Georgia wants to make sure that whatever happened this past election cycle never happens again because Brian Kemp and his friends over there are messing around with people's American rights. Uh, Georgia Republicans um, passed a sweeping uh, election bill. They're restricting voter access uh, to a lot of people. The new law imposes new voter identification requirements for absentee ballots, empowers state officials to take over local election boards, limits the use of ballot drop boxes and makes it a crime to approach voters in line to give them food and water. Preposterous. Brian Kemp says by changing these election laws, Georgia will take another step towards ensuring our elections are secure, accessible, and fair. Rachel, your thoughts. Um, well, this is clearly not fair. Uh, we kind of knew this was coming, but I guess I didn't know this was, it, it was this extreme. And what's crazy is this bill went back and forth within, um, 
the legislature in Georgia. And apparently this is not even as bad as the originally proposed bill. And I think two things that stand out to me the most are the fact that it's a crime to pass out food and water to voters, which we have seen that people wait have waited up to 11 hours in line. So you already know what's up with that, trying to discourage the vote. But then the second thing is the fact that this new law removes the secretary of state from serving as the chair of the state board of, ed, of, of elections. Now, if you've been following along this, Brad is this, uh, I, I can't pronounce his last name. Raps, and I don't want to say Raffensperger. Raffensperger or something like that. Raffensperger. He, he, ma- he maintained that the election was fair. The election was legal in Georgia. They counted the votes like three times in some places. I mean, the vote was fair. And this is the person who is over someone separate from the legislature is managing the elections in the state. That's how it should be. That's the checks and balances, uh, balance of it all. So the fact that they have taken that power away from him and they've given the legislature the authority to appoint majority of the members and authorize the, uh, to authorize the state board to suspend local election officials, they are giving power they also oversee the county election boards. So now the legislature pretty much has complete power over elections, which means that if what happened in this past election happens again under this new law, then technically they can say, you know what, the election was illegal. Just like that. There's nobody separate from the legislature that can check them. This is such a huge problem. And the, and the reason this is also a problem is because what's happening in Georgia is going to set a precedent for other legislatures in other states. People are watching, they're seeing how this was done, and they're going to try to do the same thing to control the elections. That is an issue. Just the fact that it's voting, voting people's rights, and we are monitoring it in this way, taking people, it it, it just blows my mind that this is even happening and that it happened so quickly after this past election. Yeah, very reactionary to... Uh, not just the election of of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but also to John Ossoff and Reverend Warnock. Uh, so that Georgia's trying Correct. to yes. clamp down and make sure um, that the right people... <laughs> That's it. ...according to them get elected. Now, here's... A, this, you know what the first thing I thought about was when I saw this? What? I thought, of, I about, thought about my buddy, my friend, Killer Mike. Mm. Killer Mike, who, while this entire hubbub was happening, was doing what he always does, was on the ground with Bernie Sanders in Alabama trying to solve problems. Killer Mike is a problem solver. That's what he does. He tries to solve problems and get things uh, done for the people who need the most. He's a titan in his community, and he is a friend of mine. I hated it. When Mike hated it, when Mike went and sat down with Governor Kemp. Oh, hated yeah. It. Yeah. The reason why I hated it, I still hate it, is because it, look, I understand always wanting to talk to your governor. I understand always wanting to be involved with people who are in power in your state, in your city. But it's very difficult. To have a conversation with someone who's trying to kill you. It, it, and the reality is that if Brian Kemp was doing no harm, if Brian Kemp really cared about black people in Georgia, that he wouldn't be trying to disenfranchise them. 
Correct. He wouldn't be trying to make them less than American citizens. And there's just no way around that. There's just not a way around that. There's not mm-hmm. a way. There's there's no way to get out of that. That's a figure four leg lock of logic. Sure, you go talk to the guys. He might yes. give you something. But he doesn't want your vote to count. He wants to make it harder for you to have a say in your state's politics and in your country's politics. It's for everybody to remember. Not all the enemies of, pres- of President Trump are friends of yours. Mm-hmm. Brian Kemp was at odds with President Trump because he didn't overturn Georgia's election system to give the state to the president. Right. So was the uh, so was the Secretary of State. Yeah, but so fucking what? That didn't mean that he hadn't stolen an election from Stacey Abrams a couple of years before then. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Not everyone who President Trump's President Trump hates should you like. And these people have an MO and they're still on their same bullshit. So the reality is everybody that platforms these guys or does business with these guys or has conversations with these guys understand that you are empowering the disenfranchisement of black people in Georgia, mm-hmm. of poor people in Georgia. Correct. Black or white, poor people in Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. You're disenfranchising them. That's what they're trying to do, okay? So to me, and with love, you have to be a little bit more cognizant of who these people are, you know? But it's just another thing. I wasn't surprised by it at all, of course, because this is who Brian Kemp was. Remember, Brian Kemp was the the Secretary of State there in Georgia, correct? Before he was the governor, and he was you know playing these. So same he games. knows very well the power that the Secretary of right. State has. Like Georgia seems to be moving blue. Elected a Democratic president and two Democratic senators, right? And there are people that are trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. The difference is one of those things was done fairly, and one of them was done in the most unfair and un-American way possible, which is trying to subvert the will of the people. Right. So, I don't know. To, to, to me, I look at this stuff, you got to keep an eye on these guys. Yeah. It's, you got to keep an eye on it. You got to know what's going on. And we can't be disenfranchised. You just got to be angered and upset by what's happening. You have to realize what's happening. And we have to come together as a community to make sure that we do what exactly what happened in this last election and also in the Senate runoff. Got to make sure that it happens again. Because, yeah, just got to make sure that it happens again. We got to make sure that we keep our eye on this. And, and pay attention to what's happening in your state, too. Because I'm telling you, people are watching and they're going to emulate what was done in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely, like, they're, they're- they're definitely, definitely going to emulate what's going on in Georgia, mm. uh, especially in places where the president expected to win, but he lost. Look, these people are exactly. tooling up. They're getting their tools together. They're ratchets. Ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> they ratchets. They're getting their tools. They're tooling up. They're tooling up for 2022. Um, they, they, they're tooling up for 2024. They're, they're coming back. They're not going to go down without a racist-ass fight. So be ready and be intentional. About who we're, creating, yes. who, we're, who we're creating alliances with, man. Just be intentional about it. I reached out to Mike. He didn't hit me back. Sometimes it takes him a couple of days to hit me back. I wanted oh, to see what he was okay. going to say about it. Yeah. I just wanted to see what he was going to say about it. By the way, this is and, and you can't take anything away from him. He is not just a black figure. I have he is a no black leader. issues with Killer Mike. I'm laughing because once again, you know, it's, there's always comes the point in the show where you got to let us know who you know. That's what I'm saying. 
I'm telling I'm telling you that he's he hasn't hit me back in several texts is what I'm telling you. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> like maybe I maybe I actually don't know anymore. Um so the Derek Chauvin trial has begun. Um I know that many of you out there probably find it kind of difficult to watch being everything that happened last summer, but we are going to make sure that we keep you guys up on the goings on uh in that trial because we don't have any lawyers on the podcast. I knew you were going to do this. I, knew, I don't even know why I set myself up for failure with this. We actually had to bring in a legal expert, um, Yodi Tuoldi, uh, from uh, making the case on the Black News Channel. The Black News Channel is is it's a it's a it's it's a brand new station. Shout out to Mark Lamont Hill. It's coming up right now. Black News. I can't re- I can't wait to see what's covered there on the Black News Channel. You know what I mean? And who the advertisers are. I can't wait. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. Tell us, people want to know what they should know about the Derek Chauvin case, about the trial itself. Um, because I don't, I think that personally, people are afraid of surprises and afraid of sort of being let down by a potential verdict. What should they know about this case? Yeah. Um, so this is something that I've kind of been so frustrated with over the years because people are so invested in just finding out what the what the verdict is, right? They don't care about what comes before it. They could care less about the jury selection process or opening statements or any part of the trial process. All they care about is what is the final verdict? And when they get that verdict, they're driven by emotion, but not necessarily the logic. Like, how did we actually get here, right? And so what people need to know is um, this is going to be another attempt to assassinate a victim's character, right? This is something that people are already used to. In fact, I don't think that people are afraid of surprises. I think that they expect to be let down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, today they had opening statements, and I think that that was really important for people to watch. And I was urging everybody to watch this as much as they can, because this essentially is laying out the case. The prosecution said, this is what we're going to present as evidence. The defense already is talking about George Floyd's um, toxicology, he had drugs in his system. So their theory right now is going to be that the cause of death wasn't suffocation, wasn't by someone's knee, but it was an overdose and other health-related conditions. So that's already upsetting as is. But, you know, it gets kind of, for lack of a better word, boring in testimony, but it's actually very, very telling and very educational. And there's such a teaching moment in every single aspect of trial. So, I mean... I don't know if I answered your question. Man. You, did. you absolutely did. Yeah. Okay. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, first of all, I would like to clarify that I do civil law and yes. not criminal law. Um, yes. Also, Yodi oh. is my friend. <laughs> so I'm so thrilled to have her on the podcast. Thank you. Thank but you. you. You say that we should be watching and I know it's going to be, I don't even know, have they, have they set how long this trial could possibly be? Have they estimated? Yes. I, I haven't even seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they estimated that this was going to be a few weeks. They estimated two weeks for jury selection, but I think oh. this trial is going to go into at least uh, mid-April. I wouldn't be surprised if it was at the end, because you know, um, Rachel, things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Even like today, the cameras went down in the courtroom and they had to stop testimony at the third prosecution witness. They were supposed to go longer. So things like that happened. So it could be dragged out longer. So my question is, what did today, you said today lays out the case. Were there yeah. any surprises that um, either happened on the prosecution side that came from them or from the defense. Yes. Okay. So you know that eight minute and 46 second that we had all been used to all of last year, 
In mm-hmm. fact, when the prosecution opened up with their statements, they actually said it was nine minutes and 29 seconds. So actually a lot longer oh. of a situation between Derek Chauvin and, and George Floyd. So that was a revelation. What was really good about the state's uh, opening statements is that it was concise. It was clear. They didn't overpromise and underdeliver so far which is something that is really dangerous to do when you're uh, a trial lawyer by saying you're going to do something to the jury and then they're looking for you to do it and you don't. So um, what was also kind of surprising and shocking, and I guess this is what sort of defense attorneys have to do when they don't really have much going on anyway, is the defense in their statement said that the bystanders were actually very threatening to the police, which caused the police not to help George Floyd in that moment. Disgusting. Um, That was disgusting um, because we wouldn't even have this conversation. We wouldn't have a trial if it wasn't for the videos from these people watching. Right. Right. So to say that that was the reason why they didn't help was ludicrous, because if they were threatening to the officers, well, well, then why did George Floyd die? Number one. And number two, you had like three to four officers holding the um, bystanders back. So, I mean, you had plenty of people actually, you know, taking care of that. So that was shocking. They have an uphill battle already. And what the prosecution is going to do throughout this entire trial is play that video over and over and over again and take frame by frame by frame. As painful as that is, as sickening as that is, it is really important for them to keep playing that video because there are people on this jury that has never actually seen the video in full. Surprising, right? They're lying. They need to see. What? No, no, no. <laughs> they may, there might be people who just took, like, who watched snippets of it, but didn't mm-hmm. actually see the full video and the narration of people in real time actually giving you context. So I think that that's going to be really important. So uh, I guess what should be your realistic expectations? What's the best case scenario for the state here? What, what's, a, what's a win for them? Um, and on the defense side, what are they trying to get? Yeah. So the defense always has an uphill battle, right? The state goes first. They have the witnesses. Um, But in this case, I think it's a little bit tougher because of that video that was so damning. We already know what the video did to the entire world, not just this country. So the state has an an issue with the fact that the defense is going to try to muddy the waters in terms of the cause of death. That is an important element in order to prove any, any murder charge. So if they're going to say, hey, we have experts that's going to say this was an overdose, this was health issues with his heart, um, high blood pressure. And then the state is saying, no, 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 it had something to do with a large contributing factor was the guy's knee in his neck. You're going to have these jurors thinking, well, who do I believe? And when you have experts talking in lingo that's expertise level, they pretty much cancel each other out. And what I think the jury is going to end up doing is going to go off of what they've heard and what they've seen in that video. So I think that's a very good thing for the prosecution. Um, But how many times have we seen trials where there's actual video, where it's like crazy? Rodney King, for example, right? You see the actual killing on video and you still get an acquittal. So I think people are just prepared for that because the whole objective, reasonable standard and cops getting leeway. But I think we actually have a really, really good chance um, in this trial because of that video. It, it, it just moves people differently. Mm. What can we expect this week? For the rest of the week, um, as viewers, as we're watching this, what can we expect to see in the trial? So more prosecution witnesses. So they're on their third. They already called the first witness, which was a 911 dispatcher. Um, it's kind of crazy because in their um, the state's opening statements, they were saying how people were calling police on police. 
And she was actually one of them. So they started their trial with the first witness who was a 911 dispatcher, works with police, who saw a video in real time. It was like across the street from the actual scene. And she thought the video was still because that's how long they were on George Floyd. So she called the sergeant and she said, I may be a snitch, which is another alarming reference, but something doesn't seem right. And so they started with her, very powerful. They had an, a second witness um, who was working in the area taking footage. And so they were, taking, um, they were sh- taking the jury through the different angles of the videos. And then they had this third guy, strong Donald Williams, who happened to be walking by and, and see this um, situation happening. And he's an expert with MMA fighting, right? And he's the one that's shouting at Derek Chauvin, like, you got to let him up. And what's good about this guy is one, he's likable. But two, he actually trained with officers. He has respect for officers. So he doesn't have this anti-police bias, right? He's actually, he loves police, but he is actually making sense. And he's a fact witness and an expert. And the defense hasn't said anything. They haven't objected um, to this man being an expert, essentially. So they had to end with him, but they're going to, you're going to have to see more witnesses. They're going to have medical experts. You're going to have police um, who are current and former police officers testifying against Chauvin. And then once they're done, going over to the defense. They're not going to have a whole bunch, but a bunch of stuff, but they're going to have experts basically saying that this use of force was reasonable. Again, contradicting what the state is going to say. But for now, Mm -hmm. the state is going to keep going with their witnesses and they're probably going to take this entire week to do it. Mm. All right, what should we expect on making the case? Make the case about the show. Make Okay, so basically (laughs) making the case is making the case about everything, right? In a nutshell, taking the headlines, looking at looking at it through the prism of legal and social justice expertise. So basically what I'm doing right now is what I'm going to be doing for a whole hour at 9 p.m. Um, starting April 12th. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Where else back- can they find you? Because you have a new show. You have another oh, show. Yeah, I'm currently so I'm currently shooting America's Most Wanted, the relaunch. Um, and tonight's episode is the fourth episode. So, um, tune in eight, nine central. And, um, yeah, so that's, what's going on right now. It's cool. It's like 2.0, you know, America's most wanted. We got the live 3d avatars, age progression technology. You get to see what people look like 30 years from now. So it's cool. So yeah. Trying, Man. To, get these, trying to get these brothers locked up. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get these so brothers locked up. I tell you what. So I was a former to, prosecutor. Today, <laughs> today on America's no, Most Wanted. No, let her make her case. He was let her make her case. Let her make her case. So people were kind of surprised. You know, one, I, I used to get that kind of heat being a former prosecutor, whatever. Then I went over to the defense side. And then to be affiliated with a law enforcement show, especially given my stance on, um, you know, criminal justice reform is is understandable. But if you watch the show, you understand the kind of cases we're covering. Number one, there isn't a type. Okay, then number two, this is more like community policing. We're asking the public help us if you see this person who's already been convicted of murder or dismembering a body or, you know, whatever the case may be, or stealing tons of money from elderly people. We're asking the community to pitch in and help. I've been about community policing, you know, from the beginning. So that is why I am a part of this show. Just picking at you. Get them right. Rachel knows. Rachel knows. <laughs> All right. We'll be watching both America's Most Wanted and Making the Case. And we're also going to be checking back in with you uh, throughout this trial because we want to make sure that everyone has the information they need to, to, to have in order to have an educated uh, mind frame 
about what's happening. It's such a big trial. Yeah. Such a big trial. So thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you. On okay. Learning, Yodi. Bye, Rach. Bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was... A kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right. I mean, that's how you guys should know. That's what you should be expecting, Rachel, of course. Listen, you got to be smart enough to know what you don't know. So... <laughs> Your face the entire time. I knew it. I was like, because we we were talking about this. She was like, a lot of people have something to say about me doing America's Most Wanted, but I have a reason. So, anyways, she's fantastic. She's Love amazing. It. She's amazing. Okay. Uh, what's her name? Lost her job. What's her face? What's her name? Sharon uh, Osborne. Sharon Osborne. Sharon Osborne lost, lost her, her job. job over there at the talk. The talk. They have parted ways. Um, uh, Sharon Osbourne at CBS. They went their separate ways, okay, mm-hmm. just like uh, Quavo and, and Saweetie. <laughs> they went their separate ways. Apparently, Sharon Osbourne is not the woman that CBS once thought she was. Uh, they went their separate ways. Um, now this is, of course, on the heels of Sharon Osbourne being under the microscope, the proverbial microscope, her past homophobic and racist comments that she had made during her time uh, on the talk. This all started because Sharon Osbourne was very, very, very adamant in her defense of Pierce Morgan, took that mm-hmm. to the show. And then, of course, the string unraveled from there. Due to this backlash, because you know she has made, I guess, homophobic and racist comments, uh, she is no longer on the talk. She's out of the talk. She's gone. She's done. Um, I guess there were some talk about how she had spoke to Cheryl Underwood and also uh, someone had alleged that she had made comments about Julie Chen's eyes, amongst other things that are alleged that Sharon Osbourne has said. So, uh, Rachel, your thoughts. Sharon Osbourne is leaving the talk. Yeah, she's leaving. We don't know if she was fired. We don't know if she quit. We do know she has hired an attorney and she is now suing. So I, I, I'm not sure how they handled it. But here's my this my biggest issue. There seems to have been a deep-rooted issue surrounding Sharon Osbourne where there was this culture and within the workplace 
where there's a history of her since the show's inception of problematic behavior by her. So the fact that the show is 10 years old. So the fact that there has been, there have been rumblings of this type of behavior and that this, it got to this point where they're now deciding to do something about it shows me that this was a workplace that allowed Sharon Osbourne to be entitled and to allow her problematic behavior to continue for unchecked, mind you, for nearly a decade. So I guess I have a problem with the way that CBS is handling this off this situation when you've known that this is the person who basically has been the face of your show for 10 years, and now you're just now deciding to do something about it. And it's not even as if the network decided to do something on their own. There was a, com- allegedly there was a complaint. This is what page six is reporting. There was a complaint made by one of the other co-hosts and her, um, hairdresser, Elaine, one of the new co-hosts that said that there was a hostile environment at the workplace, a racially insensitive and hostile environment. Then CBS decided to respond and bring back this, this, this problematic behavior of Sharon Osbourne over the last 10 years. So I just have such a huge issue with why this was never handled before. And why it had to come to this, this on air dispute where she said things like to she said things to Cheryl Underwood, like, and don't you dare cry because I'm the one who needs to be crying. And the video cuts and you can hear her cursing at Cheryl. I mean, this is just who this woman is. And 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 let alone from just from this, there have been things that have happened on the show that have been problematic. I mean, when Justin Bieber was having his issues, she compared, she was like, you're white, you're not black, as if only black people act out in a problematic way. She accused Meghan Markle of not being black because she didn't, quote, look black to her. So she said that she wasn't black. Um, she said, made a comment before about Mexicans that if we deport them, then who's going to be cleaning our toilets? Sharon Osbourne is a problem and she always has been. And it's, we talked about Ellen being the worst kept secret. The same thing goes for Sharon Osbourne. And yet they haven't done anything about it. I have a real issue with this. That yeah, this is, well, that this is how it's coming about. You know, corporations exist to, for themselves. So they do stuff about it when the, the consumer makes them do something about it, you know? But people uh-uh. have been complaining about her. Apparently not loud enough. So well, uh, it appa- shows who you got. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently not loud enough. Apparently not loud enough. And this is, you know, this is something that you just went through. Uh, You're there on the old Bachelor, old Batch Nation there. So apparently this is the moment that all of these things are being excised from the community. I Listen, I've met Elaine a couple of times. And and so, you know, I know that that's a stand-up lady right there. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I couldn't care less about what happens on the talk. Mm -hmm. But I do care. Um, the show itself. I do care about people feeling like they have to navigate toxic work environments. Yeah. And if you're, if you do something and you're wrong and you apologize, that's one thing. But if you're continuously creating a toxic work environment for the people that share the space with you, then you need to get up, get your ass up out of there. You need to get going. If you're continuously doing that, creating a toxic work environment. Um, and if people know that that's your MO from years and years and years and years, I just I just don't see who's on her who's on Sharon Osbourne's side in this. And this is a story we haven't really touched. We haven't really touched mm-hmm. it because it, to me it wasn't something that was on my radar as, as far as what's going on in the talk. But the reality is that yo, you know, it, if Sharon Osbourne, if people feel afraid to speak to the racism and the homophobia that's there because 
she's the tip of the spear there or she's the biggest uh, uh, personality they have. And that sucks to go on to work like that every day and they probably right. need a changing of the guard there. There you go. The changing yeah. of the guard there. at But look, do you want to get into the conversation that we had on on Clubhouse? Well, I think because you just said that, we have to. So this is the conversation we had on Clubhouse, okay? And I argue with the Clubhouse room. Yeah. I <laughs> argue with the Clubhouse room. <laughs> In my opinion, I don't think that Chris Harrison should be fired. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Chris Harrison did anything that meets the standard of fireable. You could fire him for it, and I wouldn't care. But if I was looking at it, I don't think that just if you're asking me, okay, he's ignorant, he's privileged, and all of those things. I don't think that these situations are the same unless I don't know something that Chris Harrison hasn't created a toxic work environment on The Bachelor he hasn't been racist, at least overtly, for years and years and years where people were afraid of him and people felt like they couldn't talk to him. I feel like what happened with you and Chris was something that in a functional system, somebody should be able to get reprimanded for and then come back to their job. And nobody fucking agreed with me. Like, on Clubhouse, <laughs> yeah. On Clubhouse, and, like and nobody agreed with me. And I always say that me. I am aware enough to know that I can't be objective about the situation because I'm in it and I personally experienced it. So there's certain bias biases that I have towards it, plus just knowing Chris outside of it. So I don't give an opinion on it because I know I can't be objective. My question to you is, knowing what you know about Sharon Osbourne, at least what's come to light publicly, do you uh-huh. think she should be fired? Yes. So if you found out that Chris Harrison, maybe you did say this, created a hostile environment or that was racially insensitive as has been quoted or um, contributed to Sharon Osbourne, you would feel that Chris Harrison needed to be let go. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely, feel, because in that situation, in that situation, you have people coming to work, trying to do their jobs. That's going to affect everything. That's going to affect people's upward mobility. That's going to affect people's mental state. That's going to affect all of that stuff. And it's something that's going on and on and on and on and on. Now, it's not something that necessarily has to be you have to fire somebody for initially. You could have a conversation with people where you go, hey, this is the type of work environment that we want. This is what we're doing. You are not meeting that standard. Yeah. I don't think that's Chris. I'm, I'm going to say that. I I didn't feel like it was a hostile or racially insensitive environment when I was there. If that's the standard, he doesn't meet that, right. in, in my opinion. That's but, my standard. Yeah, that's your so, standard. If that's right. the standard, talk yes, talking in the right. context of this podcast. What I will say is I think what makes his more complicated is that the franchise has a history of being racially insensitive. And because he is the face of it, and as Page Six once again quoted, you know, he's been the good company guy uh, attached to this racially insensitive franchise, that's where I think it muddies the waters why people might have been arguing with you in the clubhouse room. They certainly were. They and certain were. things that have been said by Chris, like when co- reporters constantly ask him as the face of the franchise, he's always getting questioned about the business and, and the inner workings of what's happening within the show. A common question on the red carpet is, when are we going to get a lead of color? 
even after me, it was, when are we going to get a male of color? Specifically black. And the question, a male, and a male of color. A man, a man. We're going to get a male of color. A man. Male of color. <laughs> um, and the response in one of the interviews, I believed, was kind of like, well, it depends what's good for business. And I'm paraphrasing here, and you can look it up because people have written about this, but he was almost saying, like, people got to have, we got to, we got to put food on the table. And if leads of color don't, don't do well in ratings, it's kind of like, we got to keep this show going. So almost as if to say, it's money over, you know, it's a business. So we're not really worried about that because we're trying to keep this machine going. That's me paraphrasing, but y'all can look that up and, and see. So that's another thing people were upset about is like, you weren't maybe standing what you, what is right. It was like, this is business. You know, this is who our audience yeah. is. This is the type of product that they want. So we're dishing out this type of product for them. I Next know a lot question. Of people who, I know a lot of people who wouldn't have a problem with that answer. Yeah. I mean, the, the I mean, the reality of the question is, <laughs> look the but basically acknowledging that they're purposely not having people look and i think that's well, what people well were then, like well then well then to me that's a that's a it's not like a separate thing but the the question i would argue i would say is oh so you're telling me that there's a bit a conscious decision made because you don't think it's good for ratings yeah, that's that's what he was saying. Okay, yeah, and that's what he said. And now, look, if that's the truth, then that's just the truth. And then you deal, you you deal with them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily. That that to me is a systemic criticism. Like that's a, that's correct. A criticism. Yeah, that's why I said Chris. I can't say that Chris is Chris is not doing what Sharon did. Right. That he didn't create that type of environment on the show. Right. But he's linked to, you know, the systemic racism of the franchise. Very, ooh, uh, ooh, of the franchise. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, Rachel. Yes. Why the long sigh and breathe? I just, I'd never, I'm, I get nervous with these questions. I just, I don't know where you're going to be coming from. I don't, uh, go ahead. Okay. All right. This is my question right here. The fates come to you. These are the fates. Okay. They say, hey, look. You got two choices. Gosh. We're going to give you $100 billion. Go live your life. Do whatever you want with it. Or we can end racism forever. Would you take $100 billion or the end of racism forever? Okay, so here's my thing. If I end racism, what does that entail? Does that mean... No, no, no. But see, there's, there's, there's certain levels to this, right? Does it end racism in the sense that people no longer judge you by the color of your skin? People don't see that. Like everybody's on the same playing field. Or does that mean that because we're now on the same playing field and racism it ends racism, did racism never exist? Does that mean that we, that there is no gen, uh, wealth no, no, gap? No, 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 no. Does no, that no. mean? It's not that racism never existed. Okay. It's just that going forward. Racism's not. Does that mean we get reparations? You're asking a no, lot of questions. No, racism is done, but that's how I think. Racism is done. No, you don't done. get the reparations. You don't get the reparations. It's just from then, from from now forward. How am I supposed to trust this? From Knowing now what forward, we've been through is, as a as a as a people, how am I supposed to trust that racism this is, is the done? Fights. Is it, this is the is fates. Is is good? You got to okay, go so it's with written. It. Okay. Would you have? Would you have? Would I didn't racism. 
I didn't racism. You'd end racism. I didn't racism. A hundred billion dollars or to end the racism. Yep, because I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking about the kids that I want to have that will live in a world and have advantages that we didn't. I would end racism. Okay, so here's the deal. I would end racism too, but God damn, these niggas wouldn't be able to tell me nothing. Nothing. You better not out like. When I, or I you could end, take the money and I, do I, something with it. You could take the money, but that's not as big of a. People will always say. People say I would take it. I I tell you what, it would almost be better for people if I took the money, because if I pass up a hundred billion to end racism, but how I'm are you going to be? everybody for the rest of time about that. I'm going to remind every you. Yeah, you, it, it would be, I would be so, it would feel good. I would feel good that I ended racism. But at the same time. So you take the credit for it too. Like you would be like, yeah, yeah I did that. Hell but see, but, but yeah. by, by you reminding people that you ended racism, then you have to make people think about racism. No. I just, it just doesn't like logically, that just doesn't, it, I don't see how it works. It so does, you know what? I mean, but here, but I'm going to take the, the money. I'm going to take the money. Because <laughs> I can't see it. It logically oh. doesn't make sense to me. I know the fates could change it, but it would have to be erased from ever existing for me to be able to, to soak. I'll, I'll take the money and I will put it into things that help the community. Right. I'm rich, bitch. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, there it is. Um, Listen, uh, we'll see you back on Thursday. Stay thin, caps off, do not stop learning. I am Van Layton. And I'm Rachel Lindsay. And we are out. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.